from San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about why your spouse isn't the only place you should look for happiness as we remove the mask on the happiness myth. And I want you to listen to this short quote from the Dalai Lama. He said, happiness is not made. It comes from your own actions. And I think the really important part of that is the your own actions part. That's what we're really Mm -hmm. going to be digging into Mm -hmm. a lot on today's show. But for those of you that have been around a little while, you know that we like to start each and every show with a hug from one of you. And if this is your first One Extraordinary Marriage show, welcome. Um, The hugs are just a little bit of love from you, the listening audience, whether they come in via iTunes or email or voicemail. We want to share your story, your breakthroughs with the rest of the one audience. And this week's hug is brought to you by One Extraordinary Marriage's Our Six Questions. These six incredible questions to instantly break the silence with your partner. Easy, awesome, lighthearted prompts to get your partner to open up. And I want to give you a warning. These questions may bring a smile to you and your partner's face upon discussion. So if you want to find out those questions and get your hands on them today so that you can start using them tonight, go to OurSixQuestions.com. That's O-U-R-S-I-X-Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S.com. And I'll say, folks, you know, we talk to so many couples and typically... You know, when things are coming up and I'm just listening to, you know, husbands or even wives, you know, the first place that I always see the breakdown in is the emotional intimacy, mm-hmm. being able to connect, you know? And so these six questions, honestly, you can use them week in and week out to get going. They're easy prompts to just start opening up. They're not heavy, heavy, heavy. And yet they're they're at least enough to get that conversation started, get that connection started again. Elise and I have told you guys many a times, and those for who are just jumping on board, this is our time. This is our time for Elise and I to talk. Yes, we do have other times that we do talk, and yet this is our time. It's quiet, it's peaceful, and we get to talk, and we just love it. And so that's what we hope that our six questions will do for you and your spouse. Absolutely. So let's get to this week's hug. This came from a wife and she said, well, we've done the seven day challenge and are still going. Praise the Lord. Yes. That's more sex than we've had since the year began. And when did we get this? This was, I think, believe back in May. Okay. Wow. So way to go. Yeah. Much as we didn't start out with that objective. Well, I did, not my husband. But hey, here we are, both of us initiating early evening, middle of the night, early morning. It's amazing. She goes on to say, we both also listened to your first podcast and we started talking and discussing intimacy. There we go. We started praying together as well. What I had not expected to feel though, were the feelings of missing him all the time in the day. How even tiny omissions on his part, like say giving me a brief on his day as opposed to details would hurt me. Prior to this, I didn't mind how his day went or what really happened. And now I want it all, his highs, his lows, everything. I also started the text messages on your site. And though I'm not getting mine as frequently as I want, I see the dividends when he comes home in the evening. Mm. So there's still a ways to go, 
But finally, I feel we are headed in the right direction. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. Seven days of sex. Congratulations. Yeah. Way to go. We did it right there. That was a big, we did it. And you know, here she is. And and I love that hug because, you know, here's a wife who's talking about, you know, things weren't great, right? Like, you know, there was this disconnect. I used to not care how his day went, right? You know, like that was his deal. You know, like I, it's about me. Like I, you know, like I'm in my own world and, and that's really where this idea of the happiness myth and and today's show where that kind of came from and these conversations, because, you know, first of all, I just want to define happiness. So like we're all playing on the same field okay. here t- in today's show. Yep. So happiness is defined on merriamwebster.com as a state of well-being and contentment. A- and I just, before we launch into the today's show, I just want to say nowhere in that definition does it say brought on by interactions with another person, right? state of well-being and contentment that's yours that's yours people so you know like all week long you know because tony and i are like we have these giant antenna you know i kind of sometimes feel like i'm like a satellite dish for marriage conversations because it doesn't matter if i'm in the grocery store or if we're at starbucks or if you know we're walking through the park like my little radar go up people are talking about their marriage and you know i hear comments like my spouse doesn't make me happy or why is it my happiness important? Or I'm just not happy in this marriage. Sometimes that's added and sometimes it's not. And, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week about being so me focused. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really playing out in this whole idea that somebody else is responsible for making you happy. Right? There's this idea and, and I see it play out because, you know, I mean, we have a lot of people who are, um, you know, that we run into in our circles who are just starting this wedding journey, mm-hmm. wedding marriage journey. So they've gotten engaged. There is this giddiness. And for those of you that have been married a long time, take yourself back however many years it was to when you were planning the wedding and just the giddiness of... Ooh, what are, that's what, a long time ago. What are our colors going to be? And where are we going to go on honeymoon? We have the cake testing. And there's just all of this like, whoa, high energy going on, right? And, and it's all wrapped up in this day, right? Like the day is the prize. And all of these people, especially if you're the bride, now I'm just I'm just going to guys, if you haven't gotten married yet, I'm telling you the wedding is really a lot about her. It's about her dress, it's about her colors, it's about her flowers, it's about her bridesmaids. And so there are all these things that are coming together to make the bride happy, right? Like I mean, we've heard those shows that talk about like bridezilla and you know, mm-hmm. don't don't let the bride get upset and you know, and likewise, I, I have heard that there are some grooms out there that you know, want particular aspects of the wedding their way. I mean, you know, like you got to have certain shoes or you got to, you know, whatever. And so it's all these things that are just focused on like, what's going to make me happy? You know, your behavior better be in line with my expectations or else I'm not going to be happy. Right. Well, if we go back to the definition that I opened with, it's a state of well-being and contentment. Again, Merriam Webster did not think it was so important to add on based on another human being mm. or because of another human being. And, you know, we're in this place where I think we've just become so focused as a society that, you know, somebody else is responsible for our happiness. Mm-hmm. You're giving other people entirely too much control if they are responsible and if they're responsible for your happiness. And I will tell you, there was a time in my marriage that I thought it was Tony's job obligation 
number one priority, number one responsibility to make me happy. All the time. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to add that, but yes, all the time. Right? And there were times when he failed miserably. Yes, I did. Not because... Not because and vice of, versa. And vice versa. But not because of what he did or didn't do, but because of what was going on in my own head. Right? I could have been. I could have had a bad mood at work, or a bad day at work. We could have gotten, you know, like back when we had all the debt and the credit card bills would come, and there would just be those days where, you know, I swear they would all like just wait and dump them on the mailbox on one day. So you open up your mailbox and you're like, oh, Bill, Bill, Bill. Collections. Collections, and then you walk in and there's like four voicemails from yeah. all the collectors, and you're just like, okay. Can this day get any worse? And, you know, then the, like the toilet's backed up. And, you know, I mean, things like that, right? And, and, you know, and yet some of you have friends that even in the middle of that would probably just be laughing like, okay, really? Like, bring it on. Right? Happiness is a state of well-being and contentment. And I love, there's a book out there. We're going to put a link to it in the show notes. It's called Sacred Marriage. And I love the subtitle of this book because the subtitle is, what if God designed marriage not to make you happy? but to make you holy, right? To make you more like him, to make you more of who he intended you to be and not to just be like, you have to be this happy person. Right. And if you want to check that out, you can check it out on Amazon. We have a link at www.oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash sacred marriage. And, and, you know, go into this idea of happiness, right? Because, you know, some people are like, what's your, you know, your number one tip for a couple that's getting married? Or what do you, you know, what would you, wish? I, I wish somebody, had, maybe it's not my number one tip, but I wish somebody had told me that it's not Tony's job to make me happy, right? It would have taken a lot of burden off the early years of our marriage if I had owned the responsibility for my own happiness. And, and let me chime in here too, folks. I mean, believe me, I want to do things that put a smile on Elisa's face, that brings her joy. I do want to do that. And that, you know, for many of you who've looked over uh, Gary Chapman's five love languages, you know, when you're actually going after your spouse's five love languages or whatever their love language is, you know, touch, gifts, acts of service, those are ways that you are able to bring happiness to your spouse. Now, the problem is you can't do that 24-7. If your spouse is one that says, well, my love language is, you know, quality time. Well, we've talked about this many a times before. We believe that God is at the center of your marriage. Then it comes your spouse, your kids, your work. And yet work takes up a lot of that time. So to, to say that, hey, I'm going to, you know, my spouse is, Love language is quality time, and yet I can't spend all that quality time with them because I got to go to work. I got I got other things to do. We would fall short of making them happy twenty four seven. Right, right, and you know, in using that example, and one, I just want I just want to say for those of you that have used the book of the five love languages in your marriage, and you've identified what your spouse's love language is, um, do me a favor. Love them in their love language and not yours. That's just a little aside. It will lead to more happiness. Learning a love language, again, just a little bit of a side, but learning your spouse's love language is like learning a foreign language. You have to keep practicing it to get good at it. But I promise you that if you continue to practice it, it will bring a, a layer of happiness, a level of happiness to your marriage because you're going to be loving them the way they want to be loved, mm -hmm. the way they need to be loved. 
I mean, if you really want to get down to kind of the basics there, but as we're talking about this idea of happiness and, and I see so many people look outward, right? Like this is going to bring me happiness, right? If I have, if I have the nicer car, if I have the nicer house, if I have, you know, if we have another child, if we only have one child, if we don't have any children, this is going to bring me happiness. If we get the dog, if we travel here, there and everywhere, all of these things are going to bring me happiness. Mm-hmm. A- and then you get those things and there's always one more thing. Right. Happiness, this idea of being, you know, in in the state of contentment and a state of well-being that comes from within folks. I mean, different people can definitely contribute. Uh, Tony does a lot of things that make me happy. I mean, there are days when, you know, I walk into the bedroom and he's already made the bed and I'm just like, oh, he loves me. Not often, but it happens. Or he'll take my car, you know, to go run errands or whatever. And he brings it back and it's full of gas. Happiness right? Little things, right? Or he'll, you know, but overall it's my choice because he can do those same things on certain days. And I'm just like, whatever. You know, great. Bed's made one less, you know, and in my head, I'm like one less thing I have to do today. Sweet. On to the next thing. But there isn't a, it doesn't register as happiness, right? Because that's about me. That's not about Tony's actions. Right. And you know, as I look at this too, folks, I mean, for those of you who've been married for more than, gosh, a week, I think this, I think <laughs> this pertains, yeah, get past the honeymoon stage. And, and when Elise and I were on vacation in Cabo, you know, we, we saw some of those couples and it was awesome to be around them and seeing them and they're just so giddy and we're just like, yeah. And it's not like we're over there going, well, you know what? It's going to come. You're, you're going to, you're, you're, this isn't going to last. No, Here's our card. Yeah. You'll we're, need we're, us. we're not doing that. I mean, we're there and we're excited for them. We truly, truly are. For those of you though, who've been married longer than that, you realize that the happiness wanes. And yet for me and for Elisa, we're going on 19 years of marriage. So how is it that we're able to continue moving forward in the place that we're at, still be happy in our marriage, but not rely on each other? Mm-hmm. To bring that to each other all the time. Because I think that's where the shift happens. Like for me personally, that's where that shift happened in realizing that Elisa's not here to just, you know, do whatever I ask her to do on the on a whim just for my own personal satisfaction, my own personal gain, my own personal happiness. Because by doing that, I'm pulling from her. I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm using up that resource and I'm using up that resource and I'm using up that resource. Eventually that resource doesn't want to give out anymore and it's going to just fade away. And so a lot of what I look at and I see is like, for those of us who've gone, we've gone five years, 10, you know, 15, we're, we're going strong. How do we continue to go strong in our marriage when that giddiness of the honeymoon stage that first week has long passed? Sure. Well, and I think, you know, it's just so good about what you said about, you know, using up that resource and not taking advantage. Because yes, I mean, and I think that's what we see a lot of times in couples too, is that one spouse is saying, or both, depending on, you know, what's going on in your dynamic, like you have to do this to make me happy. You have to do this to make me happy. You have to do this to make me happy. And, and there's no give and take. It's just like, they're just taking, 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 taking. And I think part of it, and th- this is going to be my first suggestion to you all is you have to know what makes you happy. Right. Like what are those things that, you know, genuinely bring joy to your life? Where do you find yourself rejuvenated? Where do you find yourself energized? 
And this may take time. Believe me, if, if you're lost right now and you're just, your mind's jumbled up, like you feel like you've lost your identity maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've been married, you have a kid, maybe you have two, maybe you have four, five, seven, I don't know. But you just you, you just feel like you've lost your identity. You may not even know anymore. Well, and you know, I, when we were doing the show notes for this, I'm like, oh, I just had an, an idea for an app. You know, there's all those fitness trackers out there that track, you know, the number of steps you take and, you know, like how many, what's your distance and all this kind of stuff. Like we need a happiness tracker because this is really, you know, as we start talking through the suggestions for this week, I, I want you to track when are you happy? Mm. Right. When do you have a smile on your face? When do you, when do you feel joy? Right. Like we need a happiness tracker. And you know, I don't care if you make like a little, you know, note in, you know, send yourself text messages all week, or if you keep a running email or whatever it is for your happiness tracker. Cause here's the thing. You might not even be aware that you're experiencing this feeling of happiness. It may have been so long. And when you start actually looking for it, you may find it. I, for example, um, in our own lives, our son, has got this crazy good sense of humor. I I mean, the kid can drop one liners and and, I am not, I am not prone to like outrageous laughter. Yeah. Not at all. We'll, we'll, let's just put it this way. We've gone to like fun plays where it is a serious thing. Like everybody else is laughing. Laugh out, laugh out loud. Like, this is hilarious. And I'll look over at Elisa and she's just sort of smiling. She's just smiling. (laughs) She doesn't laugh. She's like, wow. but when our son starts going, he he just he touches me the way he the way he deli- his delivery, and so he brings laughter to my life. And as I started realizing this, I'm like, okay, I need to spend more time with him in this place because it brings joy into my life because it allows me to just kind of put my walls down and just to have fun with him, right? That's part of my happiness tracker. Our daughter, she like delivers the best hugs and she'll just come up like she's got this radar screen that says, you know, like, looks like mom needs a hug instead of my kids always asking for him. She's like every once in a while she tunes in. And so I get a hug from her. That brings me joy. Mm-hmm. It's not her action, but my reaction to being loved. Right. That's where the contentment comes in. But I have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of it. Your spouse has to be aware. If you don't know what makes you happy, how on earth can you say to the person that you sleep with? This is what makes me happy, you know, or let's go do this because I I would really enjoy, you know, walking through the park or antiquing or sitting and watching the sunset at the beach. If you don't know, I'm telling you, they don't know. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know, then you're getting frustrated because they're not figuring it out. And that's not fair. So first thing this week, spend some time tracking your happiness. Yeah. What are those, what are those moments? What are those moments? And you don't have to get crazy on it. I mean, if you have a, a journal, if you have maybe, you know, your your calendar on your phone, you know, just just make a mark of it. Put some asterisk marks and, and say, you know, walking around the pond or walk you know, for me recently, I get up I get up every morning, almost every morning, I should say. There are those the my weekend days when I go cycling and stuff, so I don't get up those days. Or but, if I'm extra cuddly. Or if at least it's extra cuddly. But, you know, I've been waking up every morning going into my, uh, what is it, the version Bible, mm-hmm. the app. I have a 365-day devotional I'm going through. There's a verse that's given to me. I, t- I typically read the chapter afterwards. And then I, I, I'm outside. I'm in my back patio. And I'm just walking laps around our pool for 10 minutes and just praying. Mm. And just praying. And 
you know, I, I haven't done that in a long time, folks. And I just realized that I need to be there. And yeah, you know, starting out was, was uncomfortable and, and just out of my comfort zone. And yet I have found so much joy and happiness in doing that, that it's one of those things where I look and I go, oh my gosh, I would love to just take like a full day or a weekend and do this. Because I've heard of many guys and women who have done that. You know, they've taken off and they've gone to a retreat and, and you know, it's solitude. There's nothing to distract them, you know, and they have their Bible there with them and they just, they're prayer. They're in mm-hmm. prayer. They're in meditation. And wow, I, I enjoy that. And it's a way I start my morning, you know. So even me. I've had to, you know, learn some new things as well. So as you're looking at the journal and you're, you're, you know, tracking it, however you need to track it, but do that this week. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like what gets, what is it? What gets measured gets, I can't remember the expression. No clue. Um, basically, whatever you focus on changes, right? So if you want to focus on having more happiness in your life, you've got to be aware of the happiness that you already have. Have, yep. The other thing that that you need to take a look at this week is, you know, are you possibly so busy that you're not having time to find that contentment and well-being because you're too busy? You know, so is there something been that's... Been there. Yeah, we've been there. You know, you just... And for those of you that have kids, we're in the whole back-to-school cycle. Some of you have already sent your kids back over the month of August, beginning of September, you know, like the next four weeks, you're going to be sending your kids back. And there's all the whole, like, let's get all the back to school stuff and let's go find out who the teachers are and let's get everybody ready for the first day of school and go well, to bed Well, that might early. be the happiness right there. It may be. Well, I'm, I'm not disputing Getting that. Getting kids back to school. <laughs> I'm not disputing that. For all of you that have the kids at home, you know, you're counting down to the first you're, day of school. You're like, woo. My but, happiness factor goes way oh, yeah, up yeah. when my kids go back to school. They've been fun this summer. Though. No, no. I know. I'm just saying that that might right. be one of those places, be. you know, where you're just sort of like, yeah, it's, you know, I, I love them. I, I enjoy them being around and yet there is those times when I just want to be able to come back home and, you know, bust out my book, get my journal, get some work done without, you know, kids chirping in my ear. That's happiness. That's happiness. And so this week, look at what you might need to cut out. You know, choose to say no. I love um, the author, speaker, Bob Goff. He has Thursdays, you know, are his days that he, you know, cuts one thing out like every Says week. No. And he's been doing that for like years right and you know it just says no to one new thing on thursday you know it's like oh i don't need to do that anymore in my life just to create margin so that he can enjoy his life more right because you can be so busy that you can't enjoy life and you think you're doing all these great things and you are i'm not i'm not discounting anything that you do but if you're too busy to actually enjoy your life you're too busy the flip side of that is that you may need to be doing more of something to continue fostering that contentment in your life. Like it may be, you know what, maybe you started off, you know, you picked up connect like you did 101 questions for or 101 proven questions for couples, the book that we wrote earlier this year. You pick that up and you guys have been doing, you know, like one question a week. O- okay. That was a great start. Maybe that 15 minutes that you've been setting aside once a week, maybe you need to up that. Maybe you need to do it twice a week, maybe three times a week. Like you're starting to see changes, but what could happen exponentially if you invested more in that communication, in that emotional intimacy, right? What if you, what if you tried to do the seven days of sex challenge earlier this year and you got through three days 
Maybe you need to try it again and, and you know, push for seven. Mm-hmm. Like the couple that we read in the hug. You know, sometimes you need to do more things to continue to bring that joy and that contentment in your life. And, and in looking at what you need to do less of and what you need to do more of, you know, and Tony mentioned this a little earlier in the show is you also need to look at your priorities, folks. You got to, you know, because here's the thing. When your priorities are in order, there's a, there's a much, much stronger sense of well-being and contentment because you're not, you're not fighting against the grain, right? And when I say in order, we're talking God at the center. And then I actually, I don't even think I've shared this with you, but I, I had a different image of this the other day instead of, you know, like one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. My image was, you know, like when you throw a rock into into a lake and it has those ripples spreading out, right? So sure. the first the first um, circle is the most dense, right? That's that's where God needs to be. He needs to be right in that center. And then spreading outward are your ripples, right? right. And so you've got to have God at the center, right? And then the next ripple, that needs to be your spouse coming out from that relationship with God, right? Then you got to have your spouse. Yeah. And then as that, so good. as that relationship is strong, then it ripples out to your children, right? And then it ripples out to your job and your community and your friends. And, and it just keeps going out because you're, what's strong in the middle has the power to influence all of those other things. And so when your relationship with God is strong, it brings that sense of well-being and commitment that ripples through everything else that you do. Mm, so good. You know? And so, you know, Look at your priorities, folks, because if your kids are first and your husband is last, last or your wife is at the bottom because you're spending too much time at work, I will tell you it is hard to feel happy when your priorities are out of whack because something constantly feels off. And so this week, take a look at your circles. Figure out if God's in the center. Figure out if your spouse is that first ripple, right, where your kids are. Where your, where your work is, where your friends are, where all of your other obligations, because if they're not in sequence, if they're not rippling out from the center, folks, I mean, it's like just tossing rocks in the water and you got just, you know, chaos. Mm-hmm. It's chaos. And that's what it feels like. And it's hard to feel happy. I will tell you this. It is hard to feel happy when your life feels like it's in chaos. Because you don't know which way to go. You don't know where to catch your breath. You don't know where to find your joy. You know, and and you can't expect someone else. You can't expect your spouse. Don't put that burden on them to be your everything. You know, we've all heard the Jerry Maguire line, you complete me, right? And I remember, you know, when that movie came out, I was just like, oh, (sighs) you know, like every girl. Um, The reality is, is that I I can't expect Tony to be my everything. It's not fair to him. I'm, I'm not perfect. And I'm, and I'm going to fail at times. And I do. You, you guys have heard it over the last five plus years of this podcast. I don't come here to boast how great I am every single time. And, oh, look at me. No, I share the real stuff. The times when I have faltered. And if Elisa were to just lean on me, lean on me, lean on me, and look to me for every single piece of her happiness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall short. And in falling short, I lose my happiness. Because I'm no, no longer able to, to live up to that standard. And if I have to live up to that okay. standard, I, I'm going to feel re- rejected or dejected. There, there's a part of me that will, is going to be going, you're never going to be able to do it. So why even try? So why even try? And we had to learn that. And we had to figure that out. Because now we don't do that to each other. 
I don't look to Elisa for all my happiness. Does she bring me joy in certain areas of our lives and our marriage? Sure thing. Sex is one of them. I mean, that is a, an area where there is a ton of happiness and joy that happens. And yet there are ton, other times when we're just walking down the street. Some months ago, we talked about just being physical. Elisa just touching me more. Holy cow, does that bring me happiness? And it happens, you know, sometimes in an instant. And, and I just and I just feel that hand brush across my forearm. So it, it's it's one of those things that we have learned over the years to understand that to make this marriage happen, to allow marriage to last forever and believe in that covenant that we made on our wedding day is that we can't look to each other every single day to make each other happy. Ties in with last week's show. You know, look up, look up, get right guys, get right with yourself. Look to yourself for your happiness first and foremost so that you can be able to share that and not just share what makes you happy, but who you are as a happy person, being able to share that with your spouse. Yeah. So go out there this week, you guys, figure out what it is. Figure out what it is. It may be some prayer time, you know, that you just need to, you just need to lay into Jesus right now and just be like, Jesus, I need you. That's who I need right now. And from there, you can start to go through your week and realize, hey, you know what? Doing that does make me happy. I find joy in that and contentment in that. Relaxing is okay. So go out there. Go do it. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week. And we'll catch you next week.